Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I'm believing it's gonna change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm gonna come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's gonna touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. I have been in a series uh, up until last week. I was in a series called The Average Church. And I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. So many precious people in our church family have testified. And we have people who've never given before who started tithing at the word of the Lord. Testimonies are already coming in of the change and the transition, the blessing and the benefit of being a giver before you're a taker. Come on, somebody. And I'm just thankful for all that God has done. How many know that it's the truth that sets us free? And uh, so many people have stepped into that and I just thank God for it. There's never been any condemnation from this pulpit or this house regarding the subject of giving, but it always blesses me as a shepherd to see the sheep blessed. And I recognize that the blessing of the Lord is falling and resting on so many. I feel the presence of God in this room in a strong way today. He was with us in Cleveland. He was with us in Athens. He's with us in Chattanooga. He's with us in Uruguay. He's with us in Bulgaria. How many know the Holy Spirit is moving anywhere? People will let him move. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 30. I'm going to continue. I took a break last week and I preached on Israel. And, uh, and I got some flack for that. But you ain't never seen me care about no flack. Hallelujah. And um, I believe that God is going to preserve his promise. And God is going to preserve his people. And uh, we thank God for what he did last Sunday. I'm going to jump back into this series this morning called Not Your Average Church. Look at your neighbor, tell him, I don't want to be average. Yeah, get some, get some attitude with you and say it to him one more time. Tell somebody else, I don't want to be average. I don't want you to be average. I don't want to be average. And I don't want, to be, I don't want our church corporately to be an average church. I want us to see God do exceeding and abundantly above all we could ask or think. And I believe he's doing it. So today I'm going to continue on this thought that we have been in, not your average church. And I'm going to preach a real, real um, aggravating message. I'm going to aggravate you today. But I want to preach a message today called living in the land of leeches. Oh yeah, it got quite quick. I don't know what I was thinking when I called the title of this message, living in the land of leeches. I thought people would shout and fall out and people would start throwing stuff but people started leaving. So, but I'm gonna stick with my title because it's pretty decent, I thought. Proverbs 30, verse 15. Look at somebody tell them, I'm not gonna be a leech. I wanna talk about living in the land of leeches and I wanna talk about the prescription for the sickness of selfishness that is prevalent not just in our world, but it's becoming more prevalent in the church. And I feel like every now and then God will give us the antidote and the prescription for a sickness that this society wants to infect the church with. And today I want us to be whole, I want us to be strong, and I want us to have the heart and the mind and the nature of Jesus. How many know that's what true born-again salvation is? It's not just when you get your conscience relieved and your sins forgiven, but when you and I start living like Jesus lived. And that's what we're warning and praying for today. So Proverbs chapter 30, verse 15. 
Let's read this from the screen together. If I drop out, you keep reaching, reading, reaching, yeah, leeching, never mind. The leech has two daughters, give and give. Three things are never satisfied. Four never say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, the land never satisfied with water, and the fire that never says enough. The leech has two daughters. Give and give me some more. Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 4. This one will make you happier. That one made you upset, but this one will make you happier, I think. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look 12 pounds lighter today than you did last Sunday. It's wonderful. That Noxema is working. Come on. First Peter chapter four, chapter 4, verse 7. When you have it, say amen. Let's read from the screen together. The end of all things is at hand. Now, I want you to watch those words before we read the rest of this. Whatever we're getting ready to read, remind yourself that what he's getting ready to say is set in the context of the last days. And there's a connection there. In consideration of the fact that all things, the end of all things is at hand, therefore, you ever been taught when you read the Bible, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, see what the therefore is there for. <laughs> the end of all things that is at hand. So because that is the case, be self-controlled. Come on, read it with me. And sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Keep going. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, use it to what? Use it to what? Serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, how many know this is what the reason is behind our serving? That God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And the church said, now pray for me and I'll pray for you. Lord, I pray today for the truth to penetrate every heart, for the truth to change every mind. Let us not become corrupted by this world, its systems, its structures, its ways. But I pray you would transform us according to your word, O oh God, that we may be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And today, God, I pray that every stronghold and high thing that exalts itself against the revealed knowledge of Jesus be exposed and be removed from our lives that we may walk in the full purpose of God in this day and in this hour. I bless every family in this room. Some of them have had hard weeks and some of them have tough situations they're working through. But today I thank you that you are the source of our strength and you are the strength of our life, oh God. So I bless your people with strength and for the next few moments, let the word of God feed us, lead us into green pastures beside still waters. Feed us till we won't know more. In Jesus' name, and the family said amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. 
with all of our advancements in the field of medicine and the breakthroughs that we've had in the field of technology and even medicinal technology in the last hundred years, I was shocked to discover that even as recently as a hundred years ago, doctors used leeches to deal with certain diseases and ailments in the body of a human being. And even in some remote parts of the earth now, leeches serve as a way to help people relieve people, rid people of sicknesses and various kinds of ailments that they deal with. And they take these leeches who literally have suckers on each end of their body and they attach them to a host. And the host uh, needs deliverance from a sickness. Maybe there's not a medicine there that can get the parasite or the sickness out of their blood. So they will literally put leeches on their body and the leeches will take the blood out of the host and will uh, rid the body of these diseases and the person can get better. When Agor, who wrote this particular portion of the book of Proverbs, the 30th chapter, Agor, when he wrote that, that the leech has two daughters, give me and give me some more, he was thinking about the horse leech in that region in that day. And the horse le leech was unique in that it waited on a horse to get near a body of water, either a pond, a marsh, a small stream, the horse would be thirsty, he would put his mouth in the water and the leech would attach itself to the mouth or the side of the jaw of the horse and would literally uh, extract and withdraw from that horse and the horse really couldn't do anything about it. Most of the time the horse leech would stay on the leech until the body weight of the leech increased to the point that he had filled his belly with the blood of that horse and he would fall off the horse and the horse would be better and, and, and would run away. And when you look at Proverbs chapter 30 and you think about what Agur wrote, that the leech has two daughters, he was talking about this, this thing, this attitude, this spirit, this heart, if you will, of a, of a person or a people that really got so selfish, all they say is give me and give me some more. It's about, it's, it's about a, a, an idea or a concept or a way of, of life or a way of living in which we say, give me and give me some more. And he was hoping to tell the people who were reading him, you don't wanna get caught into being the kind of individual that is just a taker and never a giver. That is just something that extracts and not anything that ever pulls out. I don't know about you, but we're living in a society, it seems like everywhere we look, it is this reinforcing of selfishness and me-ism. Where, where every TV ad, social media, everything we're looking at is about how do we better our lives? How do we make our lives better? How, how do we serve ourselves better? How do we make our dreams come true? I want to tell you it's a dangerous world that we're living where everything we see teaches us how to be takers and not people who serve and bless others. It is not in, it's not compatible with the kingdom of God to be a taker and always something sucking the life of something, uh, of something else. God doesn't want us to get saved and be a taker. He wants us to get saved, be equipped, be gifted to make a difference in other people's life. The church should never become a place of selfish people who are coming to church simply to find out how to make all their dreams come true. 
God wants us to be a people who are saved and redeemed and equipped and gifted because we live in a screwed up world that's looking for love and they're looking for love in all the wrong places and you and I have been called to be salt and light to demonstrate the goodness of God and the kingdom of God in a way that becomes a solution for people who are blind and want out of this kind of selfish existence. We are to provide flavor for the kingdom of God. People who see our lives and come in contact with us, they ought to want to know more about Jesus because of our presence and because of the way we live. We ought to find ourselves serving rather than just being served. So Agor, he observed that the leech was a taker and he gave nothing in return. To him, a leech never hooked on to a host and said, hey, let me give you something. A leech hooked on and said, hey, let me take, let me take, let me take. And here's what I wanna tell you. You and I have gotta be careful not to become spiritual leeches in our life so that everything about church and everything about the Bible and everything about the kingdom is about God making us happy. I didn't get no help right there. But I wanna tell you that God saved you not just to enjoy life, he saved you to make a difference in the lives of other people. Come on, the world is looking for hope and they're looking for hope from the Democrats. They're looking for hope from the Republicans. They're looking for hope from, from, from crack houses. They're looking at hope in a joint. They're looking for hope in all the wrong places. And the hope that is in this world is in you. And you and I are not called just to come on Sunday and feed ourselves. We're called to come and be equipped to make a difference in the lives of other people. So a group called Ministry Architects did a study recently of church involvement. Here's what they discovered. The average, say the average. The average church, in the average church, 36% of the people engage in serving the church, serving the community, or in serving others in some capacity. 36% of a normal church, an average church in that church, if there was 100 people, 36% of the people are serving which means 64% of the people are taking. That's in the average church. And I'm preaching this today because I don't want us to be average. Now we got more people than 100. We've got between all of our campuses, we've got a, several thousand people. But here's what I want to tell you. What I want to tell you is we need to make up our mind today that we didn't get saved to be served. We got saved to become a servant of others. Now I'm going to preach and teach to you today about the person of Jesus. And I... I want you to know that there's some disturbing trends that are emerging in today's modern church that I think we've got to be aware of and we've got to know how to handle. If 36% of attenders are engaged in serving the church, serving the community, or in serving others in some way, then that means a large majority of, of the average church is not engaged in serving. It is a fact that serving others, especially serving others in a local church, has become increasingly less important for believers. There's, there's a trend that is occurring, as I just said, it's emerging, and it has been exacerbated and magnified because of something that, that uh, sociologists are call, calling the COVID phenomena. Since COVID, people are seeing as many as one in three Christians, that's 33% of the church, I'm getting ready to make some of you real nervous right here, real mad at me, but one, one in three Christians, or 33% of the church, have decided that all are or a part of their church attendance can happen online only. 
Now, I want to say this. I'm thankful. How many are grateful for online church when you can't be here, when you're on vacation, when you're sick, when you're traveling, when you're on business? How many are thankful that we have the opportunity to go back and watch the services? And can we give thanks to our media team who are absolutely stellar? Come on. Chad Madden and his squad are the best of the best. Somebody help me praise God for them. Takes volunteers every single Wednesday, every single Wednesday and every single Sunday to make this happen. And they, they work and volunteer and pour it out so that you and I get to experience this. It's, it's incredible. And I do understand that there are people who live in remote places that have no church to attend and they are our online family. But I wanna tell you this. I want you to be very, very careful about espousing yourself to an idea that your fullness and everything God has for you can be experienced in home in a lazy chair and you just leech. I told you it's gonna be rough for a few minutes. Buckle up and hang on. Tell your neighbor don't leave yet. It'll get better. Hallelujah. I just want to make sure you understand that the intention of God is not for you just to be a withdrawer and an extractor. God wanted you to be an investor. And I'm not just talking about your money. I've already preached about tithing, so you know the importance of giving and being generous. But there are other gifts that God has given some of you that we need the benefit of receiving from and have never had the capacity to be blessed by simply because you don't understand the power of serving and you don't yet understand the importance of pouring out what God has given you. What God has given you is not just something that is, is, is natural. It's actually a grace. It's a charisma. In the book of 1 Peter chapter four, the scripture that I read to you, he said, with every gift you've received, everybody say gift. The Greek word is charisma. Charisma. With every gift that God gives you, what do you do with it? You don't sit on it. You don't hide it. You don't wait and see. You serve other people with it. God literally created this so that you and I are equipped with everything that we will need to make sure Chattanooga knows the kingdom of God. And these, these, these gifts that God gives us are to serve humanity with. And there is a trend, a very disturbing trend, that people are they're deciding that church attendance is less important. I can do it online. And they're also deciding that serving humanity through the local church is less important. And that means at least two things for you and I. Number one, it means that we as a church and many other churches in America have to reevaluate how we get people involved and engaged in the act of serving. I refuse to accept a trend that heaven didn't start. Well, this is just the average church. Fine, find one. If you want to go to an average church where they accept people being consumers, you go there, not us. We're going to find out how to properly steward all that God has given us because our city doesn't need exposure to another average church. It needs to know the kingdom of God, and I need some good amens right there. So I want you to know that our church stays, our team, our administrators, those responsible, we stay constantly uh, uh, conversating and talking about how do we keep people involved in serving? Because sometimes people just uh, decide, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Listen, I understand. But the second thing we must understand is we must come to the grips, come to grips with the fact that having a servant heart has become less and less important, a less and less important part of the Christian journey. Everything now is about going to a place to get my dreams met, my vision fulfilled. 
How do I go to church and make all of my dreams come true? We have not taught the cross. Some of you are like, please don't do it today. I'm going to right now. Jesus didn't say, let everyone who comes after me, let him find his, his dreams coming true and I died so that you can have everything you want. He'll make the vision come to pass. But you and I can't live thinking that the Bible and salvation and the church is all about our personal happiness. I mean, I don't want you to be miserable and Jesus came that you might have life more abundantly, but the problem is we've set our eyes on something that we think will make us fulfilled and it's not that that makes us fulfilled. We ought to teach be fulfilled in serving the least and in serving the least we'll have joy that we've never known. So I think this trend is problematic, this idea of being served and not serving of being a receiver and not pouring out. I think it's problematic and I think we need to be reminded of what Jesus said in Mark chapter nine, verse 35. He sat down and called his 12 and he said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and he must be a servant of all. A servant of all. It's going to be hard for you to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you never served. It's good preaching, Pastor. It's pretty good. It's gonna be hard for you to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you never served. So we have an issue in the society we live in if we don't preach the Bible, the systems of our society will shape the way we think and you won't be able to come to church and think differently than the way you think about life out there. How you think about it out there is what you bring into here with you. So what is church becoming for some people? It's becoming a bunch of consumers. Church is about me and my appetite. Church is there for me. Sing to me, preach to me, feed me, move me, meet my needs, feed me, move me, Meet my needs. I want to deliver myself. If I don't deliver anybody else, I did this for a long time and finally one day I woke up and I thought about it. I am not called to make everybody happy. I am called to go into the kitchen, take the gifts God gave me, make the meal he gave me and put it on a table for the hungry to eat. If you don't like the meal we're serving, there are a hundred other spiritual restaurants on this road. Go feed yourself and get happy. Don't be miserable and don't make my life miserable telling me you ought to preach this. You ought not have them preach here. You ought not sing that way. The Holy Ghost just helped me. Aren't you proud of me? Consumers, takers, don't be a leech. I'm not being mean. I'm just reminding us salvation in the kingdom of God is not about our personal happiness. We're in a spiritual battle. This is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. People are dying and going to hell. Kids are trying to kill other kids. We've got drugs and fentanyl and all kind of craziness. We've got, it's, the list is this long of what's going on in our land and we don't have time 
to spend reflecting on how unhappy we are about things when we go to church. We're here to serve other people. I want you to enjoy things. I want things to be done in excellence. Come on, how many know we do things in excellence? And we want things, I want your children to love children's church and they do. I want your youth to love youth church and they do. I want to be the most excellent worship and music department. And how many know we have it? How many know everything about what? But this can never become about consumerism Christianity. The other thing that church turns into is spectators. There is a season all of us are spectating when we go to church, we're checking it out. <laughs> we're checking it out. We're, we go on a first date and we think, well, that's pretty good. Let's go back next Sunday and figure it out. Fill it out again. Go back on the second, okay. We like, we like what we're feeling and you, come, you, you check it out. Now listen, that's great. That's wonderful. Devin and I went on a first date and a second date. I knew what I wanted before I went on the first date. I wanted her. <laughs> her, you hear me? Her, I wanted her. But there comes a point when I'm not just checking her out. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. So I went to the jewelry store and I bought me a ring to give to her because there's a point when I'm not just checking her out. There's a point where I am getting ready to marry her and connect my life to her and we're planting in the same soil together. And there are some precious people in this room today who have yet to flourish in their spiritual journey. It is not because God doesn't want you to flourish. It is not because God doesn't have great things in store. You just got to find a place to get planted because trees don't flourish until they're planted and some people haven't married themselves and their hearts to what the Lord is doing in a particular church. And you say, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, there's uh, something wrong in all the churches that I've checked out. Listen, probably not. It's probably not that the 50 churches we've tried out are not uh, got bad problems, it's probably that we need to take an inspection. Commitment is tough for all of us. I said commitment can be tough for all of us. Making a decision, I'm going, and listen, this is not about pressuring you to get planted here. If this is not your church and you're just checking us out today, my prayer for you is you get planted in the right place. But I also pray that you don't get deceived into thinking you can float around the kingdom and from church to church all your life and somehow become everything God wants you to be. Commitment is tough. Trust me, yesterday I was thinking about becoming an Alabama fan. Because after that second half display of non-foot, I was like, what are we doing? I can't do this, I need to divorce. I'm selling all my orange stuff. It was horrible. But I love them, they're my guys. We'll be back next week. Here's the point, commitment is tough. But you will never find the joy in the journey, you will never find the purpose unlocked in your life until you commit to the kingdom of God in such a way that it doesn't become just another, you know, we're just trying something else out. I'd be praying every day of my life, God connect my house and my family to the right church. And I say this and I'll get people, it will be hilarious how many people get out, bent out of shape. He's talking about the, how important the church is. It, it's all about Jesus. Do you understand something, Sister Yeye? The church is his bride. I'd say it's important to him. 
So we, if we're not careful in this society we live in, we'll become consumers and spectators. But here's what I want to tell you today. Serving people and having a servant nature, it's a hard issue. I'm not preaching this today to manipulate you or make you feel guilty and then hopefully one day, you know, maybe to leave my conscience, I'll, I'll serve. No, listen, this is a hard issue. It's in here. You know how I know that? Because Paul told us that. In the second chapter of Philippians, listen to the words of Paul. He, the first thing he says, I think, are very, very important words that shape the rest of one of the most famous passages of Scripture found in all the New Testament. We always read, who being in the form of God, thought it not power to be equal with God, made himself enough. It's, the most pow- it's one of the most powerful Scriptures in all the New Testament, but it starts with this. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Have this kind of thought process. Have this kind of heart. Have this kind of thinking. What kind of thinking? Let this mind be in you. The same kind of mind that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took up on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of a man, And when being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said Let this heart get in you. Let this mind get in you. Don't let the world pour things into your mind that make you me-centered and all about me, myself, and I, but let this kind of heart be in you. Let this kind of mind get down in you. What kind of mind? The kind of mind that Jesus had who said, I am the king, but I will empty myself of all that I have the privilege of claiming so that I may come from heaven to earth, be born through the womb of a virgin girl named Mary, and the king who deserved everything came and served all. Do you understand the power of that, that the God who created the universe could have rolled a steaming white stallion and they could have rolled the red carpet out for him and he would have deserved it all. But he doesn't ride on a white stallion. He comes in on the back of a donkey. Nobody rolls out the red carpet. They throw some branches on the ground. He doesn't surround himself with the glitz and the glamour and the paparazzi. He comes not to be served, but to serve. Where is that at? Where did that go? That is the nature of Jesus. And what we are seeing propagated and propped up and the gospel that we're hearing preached in most of modern day pulpits is all about how do I make myself more happy? I'm not sure God ever wanted to make the carnal self, the carnal, I'm not talking about God beating you up, I'm just saying if you are left to yourself and making self happy, you will live a miserable existence. Serving is a matter of the heart. If we're going to serve well, we're going to have the heart of Jesus. Our minds have to be renewed. Listen to me, some people don't serve, and let me tell you some reasons why. I've heard people say, well, I don't serve because I'm a son in the kingdom. Sit your hips down. 
I'm a daughter in the king. I'm a daughter of the king. That does not exempt me and you from serving. In fact, it empowers me to serve. Let me tell you this. This is what I, I heard in prayer as I was preparing for this t- today. The, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, always come to me as a servant, but never be surprised when I treat you like a son. Come to me like a servant, but never be shocked when I treat you like a daughter because that's who you are. You're a son and a daughter, but keep your heart humble. Oh, I'm losing some of you right here. Keep your heart humble. Have you ever met entitled Christians? Okay, forget entitled Christians. How many have ever had to discipline some entitlement out of your children? Y'all are like, I ain't claiming that. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to teach our children how to be entitled. They want everything they see. It's, and they think it's theirs. Why? Because it's all about them being happy and getting what they want. It's one thing when a three-year-old does that. It's another thing when a 43-year-old does that. Who spanks the 43-year-old? I mean, we tell the three-year-old, you can't do that. I got, I, I got this gift for... Um, the kids, and I put it in my office at the house, and it's a four-foot Mickey Mouse, and he has this little sensor on him, and he says, you walk past him, and he says, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And it's four feet tall. It's bigger than Genesis and Asher. Genesis and Asher, when they saw it, it, went, it, was, it flipped them out. Genesis immediately went up to him and squeezed him until his head almost popped off. I was like, no. It was the last one in all of Chattanooga. She's squeezing Mickey Mouse, and I say to her, baby girl, you got to hug easy. And I tell Asher, hug easy. And Asher's like, no. (laughs) You just squeeze it till his head pops off. He rips his arms off. He's laying in pieces in my office and it's this robot moving and nobody's talking. It's horrible. (laughs) But they were happy. They got what they wanted, right? It was the thing they wanted. Here's my point. You have to be real careful that you don't think your life and I don't think my life exists simply for us to be happy. In fact, we've actually believed getting what we want is what will make us happy. But the key to true joy is not in you getting your way, it's in you serving other people. True joy. And you should always come to God as in your heart, seeing your heart as a servant to him, but never be shocked when he treats you as a son. Remember the scripture over in John where Jesus looks at his 12 and he says to them, from now on, I'm not gonna call you anymore a servant. I'm gonna call you a friend. How many remember that scripture? He says, I'm not gonna call you a servant. I'm gonna call you a friend. Here's what's interesting. He doesn't call them friend until they're willing to embrace the role of a servant. When they finally come into the revelation that I love this, serving other people. I'm getting this. I'm getting this, that that I can serve other people. And God says, now you can be my friend and I can share stuff with you that I couldn't share with you when you didn't have the right heart. Let me tell you something. If you want to do, I've said this for 20 years. I was preaching in Cleveland today. Chris, who's the campus pastor there, he's been with me 16 years, was a mentee and went through the mentorship, was part-time, then full-time. Now he's the campus pastor. I've told him this for the 15 or 16 years he's been with me. If you want to do what everybody wants to do while everybody's looking. You gotta start loving doing what nobody wants to do when nobody's looking. It's pretty decent. 
We need to be careful that in our heart we crucify selfish ambition. And we're living in a day now where we're so territorial and we protect ourselves that we think, you know what? I don't need to serve those people. They did something to me I don't like. They said something to me that I don't like. They called me something that I don't like. I'm not serving them. Think of how, think of how screwed up the world would be if Jesus treated us that way. We were not all Christians, members of RTTN when he saved us. We were actually enemies of the cross. And while we were enemies, he looked into the future and saw me, an enemy of Jesus, and he said, yeah, Lord, Father, I'm gonna die for him. He's my enemy now, but I'm gonna love him till the kingdom of God invades his heart and changes him. I can't talk to the whole world, but I can talk to you and tell you we could change a city if we would just have the nature and the mind of Jesus and empty ourselves of all of our privileges and fill ourselves with the heart of a servant. Well, what if they run over me? It's probably gonna happen. They did to Jesus. But God highly exalted him. I wrote this down and I said it in Cleveland, the fastest way to promotion is through the humility of serving others. I lost everybody right there. I want to be blessed. I want to be used by God. I want to, I want to preach. I want to. Okay. The fastest way to promotion is to serve your way there. I'll never forget being 15 years old and knowing God had called me to preach. I mean, I remember the day God called me to preach on the back row in Gatlinburg, Tennessee at a Winterfest and the burden of the Lord gripped my soul and the call of God came on my life. I wept and crawled down an aisle on my knees, crawling, weeping, trying to get to the altar, to lay my, altar, my heart on the altar and say, God, whatever you want to do with my life, you can do it. I woke up the next morning. I called a mentor and I said, the Lord called me to preach. He said, the Lord called you to preach? I said, the Lord called me to preach. He said, the Lord called you? I, call, I promise you, the Lord called me to preach. He said, be here on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. I said, I'm going to go preach. This is going to be glorious. You're going to teach me how to write a sermon, teach me how to pray. I'm going to go deep. I'm going to, he's going to lay his hands on me. I'm going to get anointed to preach. I'm going to preach, and the world's going to be saved. I got there, and he had a mop <laughs> and a bucket. I'm like, no, you didn't hear me. I'm called to preach. <laughs> God's going to use me to preach. Yeah. Before you're going to preach to them, you're going to serve them. That's what he told me. Before you're qualified to lead them, you're going to serve them. Do you know the look on my face as a 15-year-old boy? <laughs> so fine. <laughs> cleaning toilets and cleaning floors. And then he would give me a stack of letters this big to go out a sign by the road, change the church sign. You people who don't get to do that now, we've robbed you of a tremendous blessing because now Chad sits at a computer and types the message and it rolls out on the, on the road and you drive by, it's in full color. I'm bitter. <laughs> I'm bitter because 20 years ago when I was getting started, we had to take those 19-inch letters. Oh, I hope they read this, glory to God. I hope this blesses them. I'm out here in 100 degrees and mosquitoes big enough to carry me off and I'm changing the church sign to tell them about a chicken dinner. But I'm not bitter. I got joy. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I started saying things like this. 
Well, if this is what it is, Lord, it's gonna be the cleanest bathroom floors in Chattanooga. I'm gonna clean them so deep they can eat off of them. I'm gonna have so much joy. Those signs and letters are gonna be perfect. They're gonna be squared up. See, ain't nobody wants to get happy with me right here because what we want is a microphone and a following. If you're ever gonna have a following and ever gonna lead anybody, you gotta serve people and you gotta love them more than you love your own ambition and you gotta let your dreams be broken and you gotta serve somebody else's vision and when you get happy doing what nobody else wants to do, God will trust you to do what everybody's been wanting to do. Is if serving others is beneath you, leading others is beyond you. I suppose we could be done after that one. I got a few more points, but that was pretty strong. If serving others is beneath you, leading others is beyond you. This is one of the reasons why we don't see people serving in church as much. And I, I say that in here, we're just really blessed. We're, no, I mean that. We really are blessed. We have some of the most faithful, godly people in this house that make massive sacrifices to serve. But here's what I wanna tell you. We can't take that for granted. What are we gonna do when we have, like we have in a couple of weeks, a couple thousand kids from this city who depend on this house for Christmas? What do we do when we get people who get out of the parking lot of this house for the first time, don't know where they're going, it's a smile and a person saying, come on, let me take you where we're going. What do we do when we have more kids than we know what to do with in the back and we need more workers? What do we do when we have choir Sundays and you have a gift to sing and you'd rather not serve? Got quiet. I'm just, I'm just asking you, is it going to be about consuming forever? Or are we going to do what 1 Peter chapter four says, and in the church and even beyond the walls, see ourselves as gifted and empowered to make a difference in the life of other people. I wanna ask you a question. I don't want any hands, I don't want any winks, nobody needs to feel bad. It's a rhetorical question, but one for consideration. When's the last time you served someone else and denied yourself in the process? When's the last time you said, you know, this isn't comfortable for me, but it's really not about me, it's about other people. I'm going to go a little deeper since we're doing Noxema. Let's go all the way under, up to the, from underneath the foundation. Let's just get all the way up. When's the last time you served someone who voted different than you? <laughs> Y'all are like, can he stop this? This is getting on my nerves. The king came to serve. King came to serve. I'm afraid that we have become so societally driven by this leech attitude that it's made us offended and bitter. I'm not talking about you or me personally. I'm talking about in the general church. People are generally ticked off 
and mad at people all the time. And I thank God, I've been having crazy dreams, and I don't mean personal dreams, I mean crazy ideas floating through my mind like, what if we started a love revolution? Our generation is so screwed up and hateful. What if we started a revolution where people got back to being nice? Y'all can't handle this, can you? Y'all like, no, this is not. The Lord is the Lord of the sword. The sword, we're going to have a battle of fight. Everybody got to be fighting all the time. And you forgot, fighting is not one of the fruits of the Spirit, but kindness is. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm ready to get my sword out. Cut somebody's ear off. Chill out, Peter. Malchus needs that ear to hear the gospel. We're hateful. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the church at large. There is a lot of mean people in the church. And we justify it because we say things like, well, I'm sick of seeing all this LGBTQ. I am, listen, it bothers me too, but I'm as sick as heterosexual sin as I am at homosexual sin. If we're gonna talk about sin, if that's gonna make us mad, there's plenty to stay mad about. But the good news is Jesus came to save the heterosexual sinner and the homosexual sinner. And there's grace for everybody and we just gotta love them. Love them enough to tell them the truth, but love them. Well, I'm thinning it out. Some people have too much pride to serve. You see servanthood as a weakness. There ain't nobody stronger than Jesus. He was the strongest one, and yet he got down on his knees and took a towel and washed his disciples' feet. It don't get any more humiliating than that. And yet he served them and never felt weaker because of it. Serving others doesn't mean they run over you and that may make you weak. Serving others means you're connected to a king and his opinion of you will never be shaken by you serving them. Who I am in God is not affected when I bend my knee and wash my brother's feet or when I serve the least in my community. It doesn't shift or change my identity. In fact, it solidifies and galvanizes my sonship as a son of the living God when I can de demonstrate the heart of a servant. Some have too much pride. Some have other priorities. You don't have time to serve God. It's not that you don't love God. God is on your list. He's just another one on your list. I hope the day that we'll understand that the most important thing about our lives is not our career. It's not what we're going to live in. It's not what we're going to drive. The most important thing about our lives is who we're going to serve. And we start with Jesus and we work our way out from there. And when you start by serving him, he gives you the ability, the gift, and the power to serve others. When Israel built its camp in the Old Testament, do you understand that the, the Ark of the Covenant was in the middle of the camp and everybody's house was built around it? They literally built their lives around the presence of God. He was the main thing. My encouragement and admonition as I get ready to close, my, which means absolutely nothing, but my encouragement and... Admonition is this, build your life around God. Build it around serving him and his kingdom. Build it around serving people. 
See yourself as an ambassador of heaven's kingdom. And when people encounter you, see yourself as an opportunity for them to encounter God, the God in you. What do we do? Three things and I'm done. Number one, assess the gifts that you have. Everyone in here, look at your neighbor and say, you have a gift. Come on, tell them you have a gift. Well, I don't know what my gift is. That's why we're here. We want to help you find your gift. Everyone born again into the kingdom has a gift from God. It's a charisma. It's what the word is. It's a noun, charisma. It literally means an endowment from God by his spirit to make an impact and a, and a transformation in the lives of other people. You have been given a gift wherewith you can serve other people. We need to assess the gift God's given us. Some of you have musical gifts. I'd be engaged somehow in the, in the music department. Some of you have gifts of shaking hand, hugging necks, the gift of joy, the gift of encouragement, the gift of wisdom. You have all these gifts. Don't just sit on them. Let's activate them. Some of you are gifted and can help in children's department, in youth ministry. Some of us are gifted and can help in parking cars. Some of us are gifted and help in the security team. Security team. Some of us are gifted in, in cooking meals for bereaved family members in our church. We've got all kinds of places to get plugged in. Take inventory of the gifts you have and then be aware of the needs that you're surrounded by. You're a solution. Do you hear me? You are part of a solution. You are not part of the problem. God saved you to be solution for the problem that's in our generation. And then finally, be activated. I'll end with this. Do you know what the Greek word for servant is? The Greek word for servant is doula. She's a doula, that's why she screamed like that. She's excited and she's a, a doula, so she screamed like that. There may be a, a doula here that's not excited, you didn't scream. She's a doula and is excited, so she screamed like that. A doula is someone who serves a pregnant lady and helps, I'm getting ready to bless my, I don't know, I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling something that ought to make you feel something so that you can help me in just a minute. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. A servant is somebody who helps other people birth what they have in them. Am I telling the truth? That's what a doula is. Some people call them midwives. Now, De Devin has had four children, and one of those children we, we had without a midwife or a doula because of the hour the baby was born. There was another baby that we had. I don't remember which one because I got 72. But she had one child, and that child was born with a midwife. A, 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 a nurse came in, and this nurse was like 6'6". Six, six. She had a full-grown beard. And, and Devin was about, I'm sorry, it's true, it's true. She came in and she started screaming at Devin. Devin looked at me and talked like Darth Vader. Get out of the room. I don't I'm trying to encourage her, baby, we're gonna make it. She looked at me and screamed, said, I don't wanna hear this. I don't wanna hear this. This woman come in, she was six, six. She was a she looked at Devin, Devin said, I can't do this. And the woman, she touched Devin on both arms and said, You can do this. It's time to have this baby. And I'm like, woman, you are about to experience the wrath of Devin. But Devin didn't have wrath. Devin broke, started crying, and, and the Lord spoke to me and said, the Lord said, Judah is about to come forth. It's time to bring forth Judah, and we gotta let out a praise. And so you got this big 6'6 six, six nurse. She's looking at Devin saying, have the baby! 
baby. And I'm looking over here going, let out a praise. Somewhere between let out a praise and have a baby. Devin lifted her hands and said, hallelujah. And Judah, my baby girl, started, she came right. Come on, somebody. Five minutes later, she popped out and we were all praising God. But then there was this birth we had with a doula. And the doula assisted Devin, made her feel comfortable, kept her excited about where we were going, told her you can do it, told her you're gonna have this baby, everything's gonna be all right, what's the point? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. A servant is someone who is not just interested in seeing what they have come to pass, it's someone who can look at other people and say, girlfriend, you've been going through hell for 10 years, but there's a baby coming out of you, there's another season being birthed, and I came to help you get to where you're trying to get to. Brother, you've been going through hell. You've been fighting the devil everywhere you turn. The devil told you to give up. The devil, I feel like preaching here. The devil told you to quit, but I came to be a doula and tell you, he that does not faint will reap in due season. Slap somebody, tell them, neighbor, it's time for you to give birth. Hey, it's time for you to give birth. Some of you have been trapped in a mindset that you'll never give birth to another season. I came to be a servant in your life and tell you the devil is a liar. God is about to bring his promise to pass. What if we take five seconds before we leave, turn this house into a delivery room and let something come forth? Somebody give God a praise. Oh God, we better go. But I feel like somebody is about to give birth to something you've been carrying all of your life. I feel like there's some servants in here that are about to help somebody cross over into new territory, into new seasons. Somebody say yes. Stand, I'm through. Serve. Here's what I know. If you will help it make be happening for somebody, if you will help it happen in somebody else's life, God will send somebody to help it make it happen in yours. Some of you are going to give birth to things, but some of you are going to help people give birth to those things. Don't, woo, don't get so selfish that you only get excited when you paint your nursery. Help somebody else paint their nursery. I ain't finding no help. Don't be so selfish that you only get excited when they throw your baby shower. Go down to the Target and find the gift registry for somebody else and buy somebody else something getting ready to have a baby and go to that shower and say, girlfriend, I'm ready to pull. God is about to bless you and your whole house. If you start blessing other people, yo, God, I better quit. It's 1230. But I feel like telling somebody, if you will help somebody else give birth to their thing, God is going to make sure he raises up people in due season that will help you give birth to what you got. Somebody say yay. Take your neighbor by the hand right now. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I pray for our church today that a serving spirit come upon everybody. Not just a serve me spirit, but a spirit 
a nature, a heart that will assist other people in giving birth to the thing God's put in them. Somebody in here needs a new season, Lord. Break them through and use brothers and sisters in Christ as a doula who will serve them in a way that will assist them so that everything that you have put in them can come to pass. Thank you, Lord. May this house, O oh God, never abort a God-given purpose or a God-given dream that's in a man or a woman. May it be so full of, I know, I, I know some of y'all can't handle this, but I feel this right now. An activation of a grace to serve is coming on this house right now. I'm not just talking about in what you do at the door and in the parking lot. I'm talking about this house will assist people in giving birth to the thing that God has put within them. Come on, lightly, gently squeeze that neighbor's hand. Father, right now, I pray that you would activate in this room a grace to serve, a doula grace, a grace of a doula who will help people birth the promise that God has put within them. I pray against the spirits of disappointment. Lord, those that have been disenchanted and disenfranchised, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. People who have been disappointed and ready to throw their hands up because it didn't work out like they thought it was gonna work out. And it didn't happen like they thought it was gonna happen. And now we've just gotten bitter and we've gotten we've gotten kind of over it. Maybe it, ain't, it don't take all that. No, 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 today, reactivate the grace of a servant in my heart, God. Reactivate the grace of a servant in this congregation Lord let people get off the sideline watching the game happen and let them be an assistant and a doula and a servant in the blessing of other lives people who they know people who they don't know God give them the grace Throw your hands up right now. Just throw those hands up right now. Father, let it fall fresh on us. If you got faith to believe it can happen, let it happen in you right now. Father, right now, let a grace to serve fall. I want you to open your mouth and pray that, please, for another, just another 30 seconds. Lord, activate that grace in me to serve. Activate that doula spirit in me to help somebody birth what they're carrying and what they've been carrying. God, I'm asking you now, this house would not be a house of, of, of malfunction. It would not be a house of, of abortion. It would not be a house of, of miscarriage, but people would carry promises full term and then they would see the promise burst and come to pass. May there be enough servants of the Lord in the house of the Lord to bring it to pass. In the Dabasoko, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that consumerism. I come against that spirit of spectating. We, we come on, we bind in Jesus' name that work of the world, that spirit loose in society that says, protect yourself, serve yourself, make it all about you. God, today we pick up a cross and we say, Lord, help us. Help us to do what you did, Jesus and to serve humanity so that men may see our good works and glorify their Father which is in heaven. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for people right now. If you gotta go, we bless you, love you. Come back tonight at six if you can. There's no pressure, but I feel like there's some people in here who say, Pastor, I feel like I'm so close to giving birth to what God has promised and what God is doing, but it just feels so difficult. 
I just want somebody to come into agreement with me, Pastor, that this season will just shift and this thing will be birthed in my life. If I'm talking to you, just lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand, just lift your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see your hand and I see, I see your heart. I love you and I want you to know this house. This house is a labor and delivery room. You're not just gonna carry it. You're gonna bring it to pass, God. God's gonna make it happen. If somebody got their hand up near you right now and you love God and you love people, reach over and lay your hand on their shoulder right now. Come on, if, lift your, if you lifted your hand, lift it one more time so your neighbor can see it. If there's somebody near you with their hand up in the air, I don't know, two or three or four of you, just gently go over and lay your hand on their shoulder as a servant would help, as a doula would help a pregnant lady. I want you to go over there. Play, play doctor, play doctor. I, as a doula would help a person in labor, I want you to go over and help them right now. Come on, pray it, 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 pray it. Come on, bring it to pass. I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not just saying this. I feel the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God, for the dreams and the visions. Even though they've been delayed, they will not be denied. And Father, I thank you for the grace of a servant and a doula, somebody who's pulling their brother and their sister into a new season right now. I rebuke disappointment. Come on, we're gonna be here a minute, pray. Father, we rebuke disappointment. We come against every lying thing that tells them that it won't come to pass and it cannot happen. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the doulas in the house, the servants in the house, the people who are going to help somebody who's pregnant bring it to pass. Father, that thing will come to pass in the name of Jesus. And I pray a servant spirit. Father, this echo my shandara by side. We will not just shout when it happens for us. This house will celebrate the blessing and the breakthrough of our brothers and our sisters in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, we thank you for it. Come on, pray 30 more seconds. Somebody, somebody, I, I see it coming to pass. I see it getting ready to happen in their life. Uh -huh. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Somebody, come on, do this. Help them. Pray them through. Pray them through. Open up your mouth and pray them through. Father, thank you. It's due season. It's due season. It's due season. It's due season. You shall reap if you faint not. And I come to make sure you don't faint. I came to serve you until you give birth to everything God put in you. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Now somebody start praising him. Somebody start praising God. I said somebody start praising God. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him for the breakthrough. Praise him for the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Your blessing is on the way. Your blessing is on the way. I don't know what the last six years has looked like, but your blessing is on the way. And I came to make sure it happens. And I came to make sure you got everything you need to be everything God called you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel something breaking in this room. Let joy break out for the people of God. Let joy break out for the people of God. You've been experiencing some contractions. God's been getting you ready for what he's got in you. It's coming in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up high praise before we go anywhere. Somebody lift up high praise. Come on. Hallelujah. There's something coming out of this house. 
There's some people God's getting ready to release from this house. Raise up in this house. Sin from this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh Lord. Woo! Woo! Some of you have been stretching. You feel the stretch. You thought you were going to not make it. God was just making room for what's inside of you. He's going to finish what he started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take 15 seconds and praise the Lord all over the room. Come on, we're going home in a minute, but take a few minutes and praise the Lord. I came to tell you, young lady, you've been in labor and delivery, but God is about to bring that thing to pass in your life. Yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I feel the presence of the Lord in this room right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Grab somebody, tell them, come on with me. Tell them God is taking us to another level. Come on in here. Grab somebody, tell them, come on with me. God is taking us into another level. I feel the Holy Ghost. Grab one more neighbor and say, come on with me. God is taking us into another level. Enlarge the place of your tent. Move your pants. Get yourself ready to run. The Holy Ghost of the Lord here. The Holy Ghost is breaking up fallow ground. It's about to be harvest time. Somebody give God praise. I said, somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise. Shake hands with three people and tell them congratulations. 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 Why am I congratulating them? Because it's their birthing season. Somebody give God praise. Hey! Hallelujah. Hallelujah! service I needed right before Ruach. I need somebody to praise every hindrance out of the atmosphere. 
Somebody throw your hands up and decree. This house, this room, is about to become a labor and delivery room. And some preachers who've been carrying a promise are getting ready to give birth. Open up your mouth and shout all over this church. Somebody give him some praise for a few more minutes here. Shandala Let me tell you this, I gotta go. I don't have to. I might stay a while. Listen. I got this Blackstone griddle from Dr. White a couple of years ago for my birthday. I had to season that griddle. Before I could cook on it, I had to season it and get it ready for what it was purchased for. You gotta put this layer of oil on it and you gotta let the oil cure the metal so that when you cook on it, stuff don't stick to it. And I need everybody that stayed. I know some folk had to go and I love everybody. God bless them all. But I need you to help me cure this room and get it ready for what's getting ready to happen Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I need somebody to turn around and lay hands on every seat that's near you. And I need you to say, Father, fill every heart with the Holy Ghost. Fill every preacher with a new level of faith. Let a praise break out of this house that people have never released before. Are you ready? Do it right now. Cure this house. Get us ready. 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 Get it ready. Get it ready for breakthrough. Get it ready for miracles. Get it ready for signs and wonders. Lay hands on your feet and say, God, whoever sits down in this seat, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Six o'clock tonight. I'll see you there. One, two, three, go! Hey family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching. Maybe you feel a million miles away from God. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done and no matter how long you've been doing it, 
If you'll turn your heart to him, he'll save you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend, I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to KevinWallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ. And our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You're going to become everything he put you on this planet to be. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.